Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to DTSE Talks, the place to be to learn more and explore the life in Magenta. I'm your host Umayma Buswab and today we talk about emotional intelligence. Therefore, I invited Leonardo Borelli from T-Systems and Matthias Strauss from Argo Performance and Development to shed a light on the topic. So stick around. Are you struggling with relationships within work or outside of work? This month's episode is an epic two-parts interview with my guests about emotional intelligence and how it can help you with these issues and much more. In this first part, we discuss the ins and outs of emotional intelligence and how important it is to train the skill not only for leaders and employees, but for individuals as well. So without further ado, let's get started. Our guests today are Leonardo Borelli and Matthew Strauss. Leo is a business analyst and software designer at T-Systems in Barcelona, Spain, with a passion for emotional intelligence. And Matthew is a partner at Argo Performance and Development in Vienna, Austria. He specializes in leadership and change and has a very strong background in emotional intelligence as well. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Mai, for inviting us. It's a really pleasure to be here and to talk about this topic that I really love. I am really involved in. Yes, thank you from my side as well, May. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thank you. So I'd love to kick off with learning a little bit about your story and your background and how you ended up in this wonderful world of emotional intelligence. So um, Leo, can we start with you? Okay, May, thank you. Um, The starting point of my life was uh, when, when kid, I was a kid with a high IQ, that is cognitive intelligence, good at math and science. And for sure, I studied engineering. Um, very young, I started having good jobs with a lot of responsibilities. But before my 30s, I was totally born out by stress and At this moment, I, 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 I think that the problem was my country, Argentina. I left my country. I came to Spain, new life, new job. But again and again, I faced with the same problems. One day, one of my boss told me to, to give a course about emotional intelligence. Uh, and I, this was the first time I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> and when I heard about that, okay, I could understand uh, cognitive, uh, the training, but I could not be able to put into practice. Uh, and then I was very struggling with that. And again, the stress was very hard in my life. And I started doing uh, mindfulness meditation. Mm. And with mindfulness meditation, little by little, I was understanding the concepts of emotional intelligence. Uh, the story uh, gave uh, a punch uh, last year because I did um, a training in Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute uh, to be organizational teacher inside the company in a program of emotional intelligence based on mindfulness. That's and interesting. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. And that's how I learned about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you started off with a technical background and then slowly, uh, thanks to work or 
uh, due to work and, and the stress, you figured out that emotional intelligence is, yeah, needs to be a part of our daily life. And um, Matthew, how about mm -hmm. you? Well, my story starts back actually uh, when I was traveling the world uh, teaching English at this time. Uh, my background was actually in international studies, politics and these kind of things. And I had thought I would be working in, you know, diplomacy and stuff. But uh, oh, wow. <laughs> taking on a more bohemian <laughs> bent, I ended up traveling the world teaching English uh, rather than doing that job. And in the process of that, one day um, I came across an article on emotional intelligence. And then on another day, I picked up a book on, from Dan Goldman's uh, book, Emotional Intelligence. This must have been back in 2006 or something in Budapest, Hungary, um, and fell in love with the topic and started using it. And because of that topic, many companies that I was teaching their business people asked me to start including some of this into the teachings that I was doing and then into trainings. And that actually is what led me into becoming originally a trainer. And when I joined with Argo, my company in 2010, mm -hmm. um, I was very happily to discover that uh, the foundation of the leadership development programs we run were emotional intelligence. I mean, that was kind of the, the foundation of other things, whether it's leading change or managing conflict or things like that, mm -hmm. uh, the real focus was emotional intelligence. And so while it was a passion before I joined Argo, it became a profession uh, once I had joined into the company. And it still remains to this day. Uh, the foundations, and I think you know, rightfully so, the foundations, because without you know, emotional intelligence, the idea of making a change in a particular, a behavioral change in a particular skill set doesn't really make sense if you don't have the, the foundation and self-awareness to be able to see clearly what changes are needed or to have the, the self-management ability to make those changes. Yeah, so that's, that's how I got into it. That's interesting. It's a kind of a contrast with your backgrounds. Uh, you have different backgrounds and different way how you got into this topic. First, we talked about now self-awareness and, and some a bit about emotional intelligence. So why don't we start off by explaining the very basics of emotional intelligence? As you said, Ma uh, Leo, you have also had a bit of struggle to understand actually what is emotional intelligence and you got through it through mindfulness. So Let's start off with the very basics of the high level. What is emotional intelligence? One definition, uh, official definition uh, of uh, emotional intelligence is ability to monitor one's own and the other's feelings and emotions. Uh, discriminate among them, that is to be clear what is your emotion and the emotion of the other, and to use this information to guide your actions, and your thinking. This is one definition. It's easy to understand, but then when yeah. you <laughs> want to put in practice, there, there is the point. But the good thing about that, that the neurosciences are discovering in the last years, is that this ability is, that, is a skill that could be trainable, the same that other abilities. Uh, the only thing is the, the mind of the way to train these abilities it probably is a little bit different than training other abilities like learning math or learning science. But it's mm -hmm. trainable. And this is was the good message the, uh, that 
I learned by my own because I was totally lack of emotional intelligence. And, and now I'm not the, the best emotional intelligent guy, but my life is really, really better today than in the past. My relationships with my change. coworkers. Yeah, it is possible. If I could do it, well, everybody could do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can only agree with what Leo is saying, also from the definition. I mean, mm-hmm. he's right. That is the, the most de- basic definition is the ability to understand and positively manage my own emotions towards, as Leo said, towards managing my behavior and actions and thoughts coming from that, as well as the ability to recognize and positive, positively influence, if, especially if we're talking about leadership here, the ability to recognize and positively influence the emotions of others. And Leo has started to speak to the idea of, of, you know, the difficulty here and in the translating this into actual and developing it and translating it into, let's say, life quality or leadership quality changes. But I've also found that, you know, you can explain this definition to many leaders and they go, so what? Yeah, sounds exactly. nice. Mm-hmm. And and but one of the things that I and I definitely want to stress because there's a very common misconception. Um, you know, business typically likes to think that we're rational, that we are uh, that we don't need this emotion here. We don't want it. We want to be rational, and they fail to understand that all behavior and all thoughts are driven by these emotions. So it's very wishful thinking to believe that it's not a topic that we need to be covering. And it has nothing to do with, quote unquote, being nice. That's, that's the other misconception that people have. It's about, you know, that if I develop this emotional intelligence, I'm going to become a bleeding heart that's not going to be able to achieve the goals. No, what we're talking about here is this, it's almost the skill with which we do things because of a, a different sort of intelligence that gives us a whole range of possibilities that we don't get purely from academic or IQ intelligence. Um, and again, I would like to reinforce that you need to understand that all the behaviors you see out there, all of the decisions you see being made, um, they're all driven by emotion. So if you don't have that insight, then you're fundamentally blind to why you do or why other people do what they do, mm-hmm. Does that, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yes, I, I could confirm uh, by my own story that because I was very, very uh, good student and I had a very good uh, score in the university. And then I, I had a lot of problems combines other people to my technical points. But I think, how can I not convince them? Because I was using the rational thinking only at this time. And in the relationships, there are, in the background, an emotional connection. And that is the most important, to connect and to work together, to collaborate. And this is the base for, of emotional intelligence. Right. Because we're, we're humans after all. We're not working as robots, whether we like it or not. You cannot separate our mm-hmm. emotions from our physical being. We're, it comes together, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, 
it makes only sense that we uh, explain to, to leaders uh, the importance of, of the emotional intelligence. So I kind of explained a little bit now why it's important, because basically we are humans and, and you cannot separate that. And uh, what are other uh, reasons to, to tell leaders and organizations today is to explain to them that really the importance of emotional intelligence and, and why it makes sense to, to really keep it in mind and train uh, your employees also on the topic? For well, sure. If I could start with this one, yeah, I think um, exactly that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, as I, as I as as since it is the foundation of the leadership program and uh, our leadership programs and many other companies' leadership programs as well, um, there are basically four quadrants in the classic um, leadership model of emotional intelligence and or emotional intelligence, which is one quadrant is the self awareness. And then there's the self-management. And so this is the self column. And then you have social awareness and relationship management. Okay. And within that quadrant of relationship management are all those leadership outputs, whether it's conflict management or teamwork or influencing or inspirational leadership. These are some of the competencies that would be within that relationship management. And I think every company recognizes they want leaders who um, can inspire. They want leaders who can lead teams and can manage changes and things like this. What they miss, though, is that's the output, right? right? And it is built upon, you know, for example, the social awareness, the ability to read other people, be able to sense what is important to them, and to be able to recognize the emotions that are driving them. If I'm going to be able, if I want to influence you or inspire you, I'm going to have very little chance to do that if I can't understand you, right? I'm just guessing and hitting buttons randomly and hoping it works. On the other con is this self-management one. If I'm going to manage a conflict with you, for example, a critical leadership skill, when you're leading change, you, there's going to be conflict generating. You're going to have to manage that. For me to be able to manage a conflict with you, it's obviously a prerequisite that I can manage, for example, negative emotions like anger, stress, fear, frustration. If I can't positively manage my own emotion, how am I going to effectively negotiate with you? And those two, the self-management and the social awareness, are both dependent on that first quadrant, which is the self-awareness. Because if I don't recognize what emotion I'm experiencing, or if I mislabel it, then I will choose the wrong strategy for managing that emotion. So if I don't recognize that I'm experiencing anger, and yet I am being driven by it, there's little chance that I'm going to effectively negotiate with you or lead you or coach you or choose the right leadership approach in any given situation. And it's the same thing. If I don't recognize, if I have no skill at distinguishing what emotions I'm experiencing, and this has been borne out by research, um, I will have very little chance to recognize what emotions you are. So for example, if I don't the better the granularity that I can recognize my own emotions, the better I will be able to accurately perceive 
the emotions, for example, may you are experiencing when we have a meeting. And so you see how it is all linked together. And so this is one of the things in why it is the foundation um, of a leadership program and why I would argue it's a more, um, I think, a better foundation than what some leadership programs take, which is called a values-based leadership. Because if when you talk about a value, and I think values are critically important, but we have to understand they're generally generated in your rational part of your brains. If you can talk about it, and I think we all know we have plenty of principles and values that we aspire to that we step all over at certain times when we're stressed or under pressure or feeling afraid. Yeah. For example, during the pandemic, I think many organizations struggled to actually see their culture mm. <laughs> alive during the pandemic. And it's the way you explain it sounds really simple. <laughs> you know, just it, it makes sense. You think about yourself. Of course, if you do not understand yourself, you cannot understand others. Um, so this is one way to utilize emotional intelligence uh, in an organization and in leadership. It helps a lot. Um, and you mentioned conflicts. We think about, I think we think about emotions only when we are <laughs> in the conflict mode. What mm. are other situations that emotional intelligence can really come in handy? First of all, um, think that today in our company, we are pushing a lot to work more agile. Mm -hmm. uh, techniques as Scrum and Kanban are more and more in our, in our roadmap as a company. Then uh, in this kind of work, in the daily work, is team working. And in team working, the most important is the ability to connect, to interact with others. As better we interact, as better we could construct or build as a team. Uh, then it's not only a question of using emotional intelligence in the difficult situations like giving a feedback, for sure, there is fundamental. But in the daily work, in the each day, in each meeting, emotional intelligence is very, very fundamental to connect with the team, to work together, to have a common objective. Um, I saw every day in my team, uh, not all my, uh, the members has uh, these uh, qualities of these skills of emotional intelligence. And you could see when some of them is lack of these abilities, there are problems in, the, in, in, in very simple questions, uh, appear problems, appear conflicts that you from uh, looking from outside, you say, oh, this is not necessary, but it's happening. And emotional intelligence is a, is a skill that helps to go more fluid in this interaction between the others. It is a really good example when you're in a meeting and you feel that the tensions are, are getting really higher and uh, you don't understand how you can ease the tensions in that situation. How can you utilize your emotions to to, to fix this, uh, the situation? The first, uh, as Matthew explained, is self-awareness. The first mm -hmm. is to be aware that you are stressing, that you are feeling How a strong you, emotion. Yeah, it, <laughs> the, the, that is the problem, you know? That is the self-awareness mm. is the problem. <laughs> that is the whole core problem. You're absolutely right. 
here there are uh, several approaches, but at the end is connect with yourself. And this is, uh, this is why in our program of search inside yourself, we use mindfulness as a tool for that. Um. We use mindfulness meditation to connect with our emotions and improve our self-awareness. Improving this self-awareness, we could improve also our self-management, managing these emotions. When you are trained in connecting to yourself and connect with your emotions, in the middle of a meeting, you will be more aware of what is happening on you. And a very amazing thing that I uh, learned from neuroscience is um, that the same circuitry in the mind that works in self-awareness is the same that our brain uses for empathy. That is mm -hmm. the same part of our brain that is used for connected with our own emotions is that our brain used for connect with the emotions of the others. That Matthew says before that is the basic is self-awareness. With this self-awareness, we will improve the awareness of others also. It's something that is automatic. And this is the magic of empathy. And this is how our brains works. Then um, this self-awareness at the end is the basic for understanding what is happening with you, what is happening with the, your coworker in the same meeting room. Then if you are able to detect your emotions in the moment, the emotions are arising, you could have a time for, instead of reacting, probably in a bad way, in a not polite way, in a meeting that will cause a conflict, you could wait a second, breathe one, two times, and then do something different. And this, probably this something different is only wait and let the other person finish talking. That this is sometimes that I saw a lot of, because I am in Spain and, and here, you know, uh, we are Latins. <laughs> uh, Mediterraneans. Ah, yeah. And then here, the meetings, when, when the people lost the temper are something really, really bad. It's a very bad situation. The people speak loud and do not listen to the other. And, mm. and the first is listen to yourself. What is happening in you? Why you are angry? Because the other person is saying, listen carefully to the, what the other is saying. Listen, listen mindfully what the other person is saying. Let the other person finish talking, then process the message and then respond. This is the basic for, for relationships at work, at home in the street, with the child, with the wife, with the husband, with everyone, with the family. Hmm. I just wanted to elaborate a little bit on, on what you said, May, that, you know, mm -hmm. that is the crux. Um, being able in the moment, because, you know, many people, when you talk about self-awareness, they are thinking of, you know, the Socratic idea, know yourself. And they think of it as something after the fact that I know my values or I reflect on my behavior, all of which are very good to do. But when we're talking about the ability to moderate or manage an emotion in the moment, it requires 
in the moment awareness, not after the fact. And, you know, this is something where we're not trained. No one trained me as a child. You know, they told me, you know, whether it was in my school or my parents or the church or whatever, you must be kind, you must be patient. No one ever trained me <laughs> how to do these things because they're all based, again, on the accurate perception of what's happening with me right now. And so how do you train that, you know? There's a reason Leo says mindfulness practices, and I 100% agree this is the best way to train because mindfulness or meditation means mind training. This is what we're talking about. And training the mind to be able to recognize itself, what is actually happening. But if you want to make it even simpler, one of the simple things you do is just start logging it throughout the day recognizing what am I experiencing right now? What is happening? And what you'll find is the way you recognize an emotion is through the combination of the emotion itself or the feeling, the tone of it, um, what's happening in your body, because that's actually where you sense it. And with some training, the ability to recognize your thoughts. Okay, because it's a combination of all three of those things. But to start is just get in the habit of saying, okay, what am I experiencing right now? What is this emotion? And surprisingly, some people have a very narrow understanding. They only know I'm feeling okay or I'm feeling badly. And other people have an extraordinary, varied vocabulary and awareness. And to be honest, the wider your ability, and the more accurately you can perceive, the better you can manage. And this makes sense. If you, it's almost like you know, the more focused your awareness is, the ability to manage it. Um, so just start saying, you know, paying attention to this. What am I experiencing? Without trying to find someone to blame for that emotion, because that's what we usually do. I know I'm angry right. and it's because of you. <laughs> We're just trying to become aware of it, not to try and find a cause so that I can, you know, because that's what we try that's to do. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. We try to find the cause of it, to who it is we can blame, because that's how we feel we can get control. And self-awareness is slightly different. It is the, simply the pure recognition. And you see it as simply energy. You know, it just is. This is what I'm experiencing. And John Kabat-Zinn, one of my heroes, mindfulness trainer, said, can you see it? Can you let it be? Can you let it go? And that is the master skill. See that you're angry. Accept that it is there. Don't need to blame someone. Don't need to shout at anybody. And then just let it go yes. and get on. Right? Because the longer you hold on to that emotion, you know, I've heard it said once, holding on to anger is me taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm just poisoning myself with this emotion, you know? Fully, fully agree. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You're the only one who is, at, yeah, <laughs> who has the full range of emotion there. And maybe other people don't even understand your anger, so they're not affected. And at the end of the day, you are the one who's most affected by that, right? Absolutely. And I like how you mentioned listening, but not just listening, active listening to your body and active listening, as you said, Leo, to other people. And we tend to forget that. We tend to just 
want to give an answer and, and be defend on our defense. And is there also this um, fact to accept that we're not perfect? Does that really also help us in self-awareness? I could, um, I could say you here when we are talking about self-awareness and the same happen when we are talking about empathy or awareness of the other. Um, probably all the things that we will discover, the things uh, that we will see are not nice, not always. And then here the magic condiment is compassion. Compassion uh, is not means um, to see, to look at yourself uh, with the eyes of a very best friend and not to something that wants to uh, kick you because you are wrong or you are doing something wrong. Um, and the same when you see the same in the other way. If you put in the equation uh, the willingness to help really the other person to improve their self, then this is compassion. And this, when you put compassion there, uh, this um, uh, bad mood or this uh, stress of uh, seeing something wrong in you or seeing something wrong in the others, putting this willingness to improve, to, to be better, to learn uh, with compassion, this will change this state of mind and you will be more happy and you will be more resilient to that situations. Mm-hmm. And it also helps to understand and accept, I guess, change and transformation better. Mm-hmm. And also people changing, um, that you, you also feel compassionate and understand that this, this could be happening or. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, as you know, as, as Leo was saying that once you start really paying attention It requires a very non-judgmental because it is quite surprising when you really can learn to pay attention to emotions. Um, they come up all by themselves, just as thoughts arise completely by themselves. And the tendency is, oh, I shouldn't think this or I shouldn't feel this. And yeah. therefore, we tend to try and suppress them, which leads at a minimum to hypocrisy Many times we say one thing and act another way, but it comes with an enormous inner stress and beginning, which is the most dangerous emotion, shame. Um, whereas what the first step towards what Leo says of compassion, and I 100% agree, is simply acceptance. To see this as it really is and to recognize, as you said, May, it's totally natural. It's totally normal to feel this. We all feel these things. But I can't manage if I don't see it clearly and accept that that is what I am experiencing. We feel that I shouldn't experience this and therefore I need to push it down. What comes over time is both confidence, ironically, when you recognize that this is normal, I don't have to run away from these emotions, they will pass, they always do, as well as humility. Interesting. That, yes, it's a matter, you know, this, this emotional mind of mine and every other human beings is a bit of a mess. But out of that comes freedom. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to hide from myself 
and I can learn to manage them. And to be honest, to manage them is simply to let them be and let them go. There's not a whole lot you do to manage these things. They will pass on their own if you don't grasp onto them or chew on them or try to suppress them. Because if you try to suppress them or deny them, they will come back stronger. Yeah, that's the issue we do. Yeah, the problem is that we try, as you said, we try to suppress those feelings and act like saints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as leaders, I think we have this, uh, leaders have this extra um, fear or extra stress that they have to be the role model for, for their employees. Yeah, that is, that is it's, it, it's called power stress. Power it, stress. When huh? everybody's eyes are on you all the time, the need for self-regulation is so high at all points because all the eyes are on you. This can cause an extra layer of stress well beyond the typical work performance stress. Um, and therefore, you need practices like the Search Inside Yourself program that, that you are offering that and Leo was a part of. Because this self, learning this self-awareness and the mindfulness that goes along with that is also a major um, resource for managing stress. Because what is stress? <laughs> It's these emotions that are sitting, lingering within right. our minds mm. uh, that we continually suppress or find really ineffective ways to deal with, like overeating or <laughs> drinking or overwork, you know? Yeah. <laughs> totally. And Going so to bad habits. Totally. Only stress, you know, take advantage of the fact that, that your company is offering this and really look into it because it has, besides improving the performance of your work, through emotional intelligence. I said it's part, it's a fundament of leadership. Um, it improves your resilience in, in stress management, and it just will improve the quality of your life. And since it's great that your company is offering, I strongly encourage everyone to look into it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this program uh, came for, from Google um, and the year 2010, Google conduct a study inside the company because, you know, Google have a lot of uh, internal uh, small teams and they try to find the perfect receipt of a perfect team. And they use all the computation capabilities of Google. Uh, they put all together the skills of each person, of each team, uh, and they didn't find nothing relevant. And then... They rethink again the question, um, what we are looking for? And finally, they found that the most important for a team to success is the non-written rules, that is the norms, that is, uh, for, no, it's not important the, the skills of the people, the mix of skills, is how the team works. And the most important, the top one in their discovery was psychological safety. And this psychological safety is fully connected to the emotional intelligence. That is the person working in a team, the people working in a team, uh, feels free to fail, feels free to do wrong feels free to express openly their emotions, feel free to, um, to take some risk. 
without fear to being punished by, by that. And oh, these teams mm-hmm. are the most successful in Google. And our company has the same, the same type of, of skills in the, in the teams. Then the same is valid for us. Psychological safety and for being psychological safety in inside a team, the leaders of these teams must be, uh, must be show their vulnerability. If I, as a leader, never do wrong, never fail, (laughs) you will not be feel free to fail to. And if you, every time you express an idea, your boss say, Oh, this idea is shit. It's impossible to you. You, the next time will shut your mouth and you mm-hmm. probably, you have the idea that we could be the new revolution in technology because the ideas in our company came from the people, the leaders lead, but all the ideas came from all the peoples that are part of this company, the same in all the companies. Then if we do not give as leaders this opportunity to our employees to express their ideas, uh, we will lost this uh, race for technology. Mm-hmm. Then emotional intelligence is important for the economic results of the company. I would just like to reinforce, you know, and kind of summarize and reinforce what Leo just said. I mean, so that the leaders who are hearing this um, really take this seriously. Google has said the psychological safety is the number one factor contributing to the success of high-performing teams. We typically work in cross-functional teams to get things done. Therefore, psychological safety within those teams, which is dependent on the emotional intelligence of the team members, but even more, I mean, if they're a self-organized team, obviously by that, or by if it's organized by a leader, it's dependent on the emotional intelligence of that leader who must create an environment of psychological safety, which explains why your company, why uh, Magenta Telecom is so interested in bringing this trainings on emotional intelligence in because there's a direct link to high performance um, because of these things. And I think that really answers the question that you asked at the beginning. Why does it matter? <laughs> yes, it was a long you know? answer, but okay. it is really detailed. <laughs> well, that's not all, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in to DTSE Talks and joining me along with my guests. All in all, emotions are the basis of our everyday interactions. So it makes a lot of sense to train ourselves to be more self-aware. We need to first understand our emotions and manage them in order to understand others. And that starts with mindfulness, as Leo recommends, or as Matthew says, start small by logging your emotions every day and making a habit out of it. On our next part, we cover the impacts of emotional intelligence on mental health, operational excellence, and more. So stay tuned! Make sure to go to talks.tse.group, subscribe to our podcast, and leave us a feedback. Thank you.